Transcribed. For more than a quarter of a century, my house has been a tent and my home a battlefield. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway. Mr. President, at home in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor. These are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House. Dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. This week's Mr. President drama will begin in just a moment. But first, a word about our purpose in presenting this series. To Americans, there are no more stirring stories in the world than the stories of the lives of the men who became presidents of the United States. Their deeds are direction pointers for the American mind, sources of inspiration and courage to young and old alike. People today are more interested than ever in knowing the intimate, interesting, and inspiring facts about the lives of their presidents, the men who became the leaders of their country. The American Broadcasting Company takes listeners behind the White House reception rooms and ballrooms glittering with gold braid and famous personalities into the privacy of the breakfast room and study where presidents are shown as individuals with human doubts, laughter, love, faith. Mr. President is true biography built around the men who filled America's highest office. See if you can name the president upon whom this episode is based. Here's a story that happened in Washington a few years ago. Listen closely and see if you can tell who the president was. Mr. President. Mr. President. Are you asleep in your chair? No, my dear, no. I, I was just sitting here thinking. What's troubling you? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Time plays such tricks on us, doesn't it? What do you mean? Well, a woman was here a little while ago. I don't suppose she was here over 15 minutes, but when she left, when she closed that door behind her, it was as though she had unlocked a host of memories, and I, I've sat here shuffling and reshuffling hours that are long since over, listening to voices that are long since still. Well, who was the woman? And she came to tell me of a duel that is pending, and she wanted me to keep it from taking place. Can you? Yes, I suppose I can. I suppose I can, Margaret. Do you know the principles in the duel? I know one of them. Too little, and yet too much. Why? Who is the man? The man is Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis? Yes. Now, do you see why the memories crowd about me? Jeff Davis. Jeff Davis. How long has it been since we first heard that name? How long? Many years. Many, many years. It seems but an instant. I remember she wore a blue dress that day, and there was a ribbon in her hair. And she was carrying flowers, and she was laughing. 
I remember listening to her laughter and thinking how much like music her laughter sounds. And I remember saying to her, Sarah, what on earth are you laughing at? And then she said, I don't know why I'm laughing except that I'm very happy. Those were her exact words. I don't know why I'm laughing except that I'm very happy. And what are you so happy about, my child? I don't really know. Perhaps because the sun is bright and the sky is blue and the world outside our windows is every color in the rainbow. Or perhaps it's because someone has smiled at me and made me aware of all those things. Oh, so that's it. Well, enjoy it, Sarah. Life is at its springtime only once. Enjoy every moment of it. Are you going to tell me who the young man is? Oh, not quite yet, Father. I'd feel very foolish then if nothing came of it. Well, what's going on in here? Oh, nothing, Mother. I was just going to change for dinner. Is there a party again tonight? Yes, if Emily Willits this time, I must start getting ready. She's beautiful, isn't she? Yes, quite beautiful. Do you suppose we're prejudiced? Oh, of course not. Why should we be? We're only her parents. (laughs) Well, she's been away from us too much. She's been away from us more than she's been with us. Well, that's because you were in the army and we were stationed on the frontier so much. The frontier is no place for a young lady to get her schooling. That's the army again. The army ruins more lives than... Oh, I wouldn't say that. I've rather enjoyed being married to the army. When I think of all you've had to go through in your life, and when I think of what our own little Anne has gone through already, to bear a child out there in the wilderness... But she came through it very well, and so did I. No, no, it leaves its marks. I'll be hanged if another daughter of mine will marry into the army. I know enough of just what kind of family life that means. Why, I scarcely know my own children, and they scarcely know me. But, dear, you can't regulate your children's lives. You can't govern who it is they will fall in love with. I'll permit no other daughter of mine to marry into the army. I should never have permitted Dan's marriage. Now, now, remember what you always say. There's no use crying before you're hit. There's no use crying before you're hit. Yes, that's what you said then, Margaret, remember? There's no use crying before you're hit, you said. And I had to admit there was a good deal of logic in the statement. It was a few weeks later, as I recall it now, that I was sitting on the veranda late at night. The night was warm and I hadn't been able to sleep and I had gone down for a breath of air. I remember the carriage drawing up to the gate and I remember Sarah's laughter. Strange how I seem to always remember Sarah laughing. Don't come to the door, she said. I don't want to wake anyone. Yes, that was it. Don't come to the door. I don't don't want to wake anyone. Well, a gentleman always escorts his lady to the door. Oh, don't be so proper. We've been formal all evening at the party. I can't bear another moment of it. (laughs) Did you say a gentleman always escorts his lady? Well, you are my lady, aren't you? Sarah, well, you haven't answered my question. Oh, it's, it's very difficult to answer a question when you're being kissed. I love you. I loved you the first moment I saw you. Oh, darling. And I shall love you forever. Oh, don't say forever. Hmm? Why not? No one knows how long forever is. Is it an hour? Is it an evening? Is it a year or a score of years? I don't like the word forever. I never have. Well, why should you feel like that? I don't know. Isn't that strange? I don't know. 
I must go, Henry. It's getting late. May I speak to your father? I'll give you my answer tomorrow. Why, you're sending me to a sleepless night. When I tell you tomorrow, I'll know. I'll have thought it all out, and I'll know. And whatever I tell you then will be for all the days that I live. All the days that you live, but not forever, huh? Oh, there's such a difference. Don't you know that? There's such a difference. Good night. Good night, darling. Good evening, Sharon. Father, what are you doing up at this hour? Were you waiting for... For you to come in? My goodness, no. It was the heat. I couldn't sleep. If you were down here, then you... You heard. You must have heard. I didn't mean to eavesdrop my child, and I didn't want to embarrass you or the young man by suddenly looming up over you. Tell me about him. Who is he? Oh, well, he... He comes of a very good family. Oh, I'm sure he does, or you wouldn't have been with him. Uh, yes. Uh, they're a very fine family of position, and he's well-educated, and he has... Oh, I'm saying all these things as though they matter, and they don't matter, not at all. Why, of course they matter. No. It doesn't matter who he is or what he is. All that matters is how I feel when I'm with him. I don't think you mean that the way it sounds. I do mean it. Things of the world are unimportant. Things of the heart are all important. Oh, my child, you're so young, so young. A man must be able to care for a wife. He must be able to... To be a good provider? Is that what you mean? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. I will have to know what this young man does for a living. If he is able to support you, where he intends to take you. But the... I don't think you'll be able to quarrel with what he does for a living, Father. Oh, don't you? It's the same as your own. The same as my own? Yes, he graduated from West Point, and he's a member of the regiment. He's in the army? Yes. And let me tell you, if he were one of your own men, you'd be proud of him. Sarah, you don't want to marry an army man. That's no life for a girl. You'll have to go out to some forsaken part of the country. You'll have to live a frontier life. Your life will be privation and hardship. Not as long as he is there. I've said that I would never permit another child of mine to marry into the army, and I meant it. Well, you surely wouldn't try to stop my happiness, Father. I don't believe you'll find any happiness by marrying into the army. That's up to me to decide, isn't it? No. It's up to me to decide, as your father. Father, I've found the one man I can love. I know that as surely as I know that night will come and dawn will follow. I know it as surely as I know that now, only now, am I really alive. Perhaps we're never really alive until we love someone. And no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm going to marry him. With your consent or without it. I love you. It doesn't matter what anyone says. I love you. I can't understand why your father should feel so set against me. I'd had some trouble with him, or if I'd had some blot on my record. No. Or... The only thing wrong with you, as far as father is concerned, is that you're in the army. What'll we do about it? I think we should make every effort to make father understand how we feel. And then if he still refuses his consent, I think we should run away and get married. You love me that much? I love you that much. Oh, darling, don't you understand? Don't you know? If I can't be with you, I don't want to live. Oh, my dear. I would have told you last night, except that I... I wanted to tell my family about it first. You... 
Well, listen, it's midnight. Yes. We must remember the hour. A new day is beginning now. For the world and for you and me. Now, this time, I insist on seeing you to your front door. If you like. Uh, yeah, I'll help you down. Sarah, go into the house, and as for you, sir, get off these premises and never come on them again. Father. Why, sir, am I not to have a chance to even talk to you? You and I have nothing to talk about. My daughter chooses to defy me in regard to you, but I do not think as a junior officer in the United States Army that you will choose to defy me. As your commanding officer, I order you from these premises, and I order you never to return to them again. May I ask your reason, sir? You may not. Why, you have Please no go, right to... darling. Please don't quarrel with my father. Remember the promise I gave you. Don't say any more tonight. Good night. You were very wise to make him leave. Father, no matter what you say, no matter what you do... I love him. I intend to marry him. If you do, then you will be a stranger to me from that moment on as long as you live. I love you. You're my father. My love of you is of my childhood. But my childhood has passed. He is all that I look forward to and dream of for tomorrow. If I must choose between the past and the future, there is no real choice between them. Why won't you believe that I know what is best for you? Because when you take love from me, you're taking the best away. Because the love that he brings me is more happiness than I dreamed existed in the world. Father, the time will come when you will see as I do all his rare qualities. And then you too will plead his cause. You don't know what you're saying. You're too young, too young. And I forbid you to see him again. Good night, Father. Sarah. Good night, Father. Sarah. Let her go to her room. Don't say any more tonight. Oh, she doesn't know what she means to me. She doesn't realize how much I want for her, how much more of life she can have if she'll, if she'll only listen. My dear, you can't choose for your children. They must marry where they love. Then let them love wisely. Do you know that young man's name? Yes. His name is Jefferson Davis. <laughs> just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. The National Safety Council reports that highway accidents are being reduced and lives being saved. But accidents are still a national problem. The major causes of traffic casualties are speed, drink, and carelessness. Driving too fast for road conditions is one of the most common causes of traffic accidents. Next to speed, driving on the wrong side of the road was reported as the most frequent driver violation of common sense in the safety laws. And one-fourth of the fatal accidents involve a driver or pedestrian who's been drinking. Take the responsibility on yourself and urge safety precautions in your community. Every motorist and every pedestrian should obey traffic signs and signals. Never drive after drinking. Never drive on the wrong side of the road. Watch for warnings on grade crossings. Be alert and careful every moment you're behind the wheel. 
Remember, the life you save may be your own. Now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Well, have you guessed who the president is? These things all really happened to one particular president a long time ago. He sat in his chair in the executive mansion reminiscing. Outside, dawn began to waken and stretch her long arms across the sky. But still he sat, absorbed in memories. His wife watched him anxiously. You're going to be tired tomorrow. I shouldn't even say tomorrow. It's today already. Well, if you love them, my dear, you try to think for them. It's human nature, isn't it, to try to think for them? Yes, dear. Of course it is. I remember her crying just once. In all her life, I only remember her crying once. I, I was standing outside a door. It was late. <laughs> I remember standing there a long time, wondering whether I should go in. And at last, I opened the door. And... Sarah, my child, you mustn't cry like that. You, you'll make yourself ill. Please. Please leave me alone. But I want to help, my dear. You can't help. You won't understand. You don't want to understand. Sir, if you would just believe that I know what's best for you. You're my daughter. I've dreamed for you, hoped for you, planned for you. I want security for you and peace of mind and comfort. Oh, I wish I knew why I'm so set against this marriage. Sarah, in my heart, I want to give in to you because you want me to so badly. But I, I can't do it. Something frightens me and what it is, I don't know. I only know that you must not marry this man. I told you I was going to marry him. With your consent or without it. You will never have my consent, Sarah. You might as well make up your mind to that. Well, Father, you might as well make up your mind to this. I feel as strongly in this matter as you do. You won't give in. Well, I'm your daughter. Well, now, I think we have everything in that trunk. When your Aunt Elizabeth sees all you've brought, I'm sure she'll think you've come to stay for years instead of weeks. Well, after all, Beachland is close to Louisville, and there's a lot of social life in Louisville. Will Jeff be there? I hope you'll be able to come there, Mother. Well, well, all ready to leave, Sarah? Yes, Father. Your mother and I are going to miss you, but when you come back, I'm sure you'll feel different about a lot of things. One thing I'll never feel differently about. I love you and Mother a great deal. You'll remember that, won't you? I love you both a great deal. I love you both a great deal. Remember her face that day, Margaret? How could I forget it? It's almost my last memory of her. They were married in June, weren't they? June 17th. And then they went to Briarfield. And then they went to visit with Jeff's sister in West Feliciana Parish, Louisiana. Yes, yes. West Feliciana Parish, Louisiana. Jeff wrote us from there. I... I still know the contents of that letter by heart. Don't. It was late at night, he wrote. 
we had both been ill of the malaria some days. I'd been sleeping, he said. And he said he heard her call his name. Somehow he found the strength to get up and go into a room. I'll be there in a moment, he said. I'll be there in a moment. Just a moment. I'll be there in a moment, darling. Jeff. Darling. How do you feel? Just a little tired. Sit down there on the bed a moment. Sit close beside me, Jeff. Your hands are warm. As warm as mine. But yours will grow cooler. Yours will grow cool. But mine will grow cold. No, don't. Don't, Sarah. Don't. Oh, how long have we had? Three months. Remember, I asked you, how long is forever? Even I never guessed forever would be three months. No, don't. Don't talk, darling. Now save your strength. Now fight. You must fight. You, you can't hold back the night by fighting, Jeff. Night comes when it will come. Can't be held back. Jeff, thank you. Thank you for giving me a lifetime of happiness in the last three months of my life. Oh, Sarah. Sarah, you... Bye, Jeff. Sarah. Oh, Sarah. It was such a long time ago. It does no good to sit like this, twisting the knife in the wound. The wounds are healed. The days are past. It was 12 years before Jeff Davis and I met again. It was the Battle of Buena Vista. We were losing that day. Yes, we were losing, and I ordered the troops to turn and attack again. Jeff Davis was a colonel those days, and his Mississippi rifles were the first to reform... They gave the southern yell and streaked down the hill. I can hear that scream now. It carried an indescribable thrill, that yell did. It was an unconquerable something that rose in the man's throat. And you knew that somehow he'd carry the hour. said that you wanted to see me, sir. Colonel Davis, your men fought bravely and well today. I give them full credit for turning the tide of battle and winning victory for what appeared to be almost certain defeat. Thank you, sir. I shall tell them. Uh, Jeff, uh, don't go, please. Sit down a moment, won't you? You and I have never really met as friends before, and yet we should have been friends a long time ago. Won't you sit down for a moment? Why, yes, of course. If you wish it, sir. Jeff, I loved her. There wasn't any other reason. It wasn't you. It was just that I loved her, and perhaps I had some premonition. I don't know. I know that you loved her, sir. She loved you, and I loved you, regardless of what you thought of me, because you were her father. 
I wish we had met before, but there was a great deal of bitterness inside me. That's very understandable, sir. But I'm happy to have met you now, my son. Look, my dear, the sun is coming up. We've sat here all night long talking. Yes, yes, my dear, all night long. What are you going to do about the duel? I'm going to see the mayor of the city. Why, Mr. President, this is a surprise. Come in, sir, come in. Mr. Mayor, I came myself without notifying you because I... I don't want anyone to know that I'm here. I am informed that Jeff Davis has involved himself in a duel with a Mr. Bissell. I do not want this duel to take place. What would you like me to do, Mr. President? I'd like you to arrest both of them and lock them up until they cool down. We have need of good men. We can't afford to have them running around killing each other. Yes, Mr. President, I'll see to it immediately. Jeff Davis, hmm? Yes, why? Somehow it never occurred to me that you would ever feel it necessary to save the life of Jeff Davis. Mr. Mayor, my daughter once said to me, the time will come when you will see as I do all his rare qualities. And then you too will plead his cause. And so the hour has arrived, and I... I hope somewhere, God rest her soul, she knows it. I hope she knows Jeff Davis lives because he has earned the respect and admiration of a father. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. A person-to-person expression of international goodwill. That's the way many prominent people, including President Truman and General Eisenhower, have described CARE, the agency that sends needed food packages overseas. CARE offers food and clothing packages which provide more per dollar than individuals can send any other way. Each food package is designed to supplement the rations of a family of four for one month. Orders placed in the United States are air-mailed to designated countries, and deliveries are made from local care warehouses. If you'd like to order a care package, just send $10 to Care, New York. Give your name and address, and specify to whom you're sending the package. On delivery, you receive a signed receipt. Now back to Edward Arnold. folks can say what they want about you, Mr. President. There may be some that think you're a cold-blooded army man at heart, but I know better. (laughs) Well, Mr. Mayor, I didn't get the name old rough and ready for nothing. Now, I can be pretty hard-headed. I remember a lot of things about my association with you, Mr. President, but the thing I'll remember as long as I live 
was that early one morning, a man who hadn't slept all night came to wake me and asked me to save the life of his former son-in-law. And the son-in-law's name was Jefferson Davis. And the man was the President of the United States, President Zachary Taylor. Be with us again next week, won't you, for another interesting story that happened in Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye. This program is produced and directed by Joe Graham. Edward Arnold can currently be seen in the MGM picture, Annie, Get Your Gun. Heard with Mr. Arnold in today's cast were Ethel Everett, Claire Neeson, Carl Swenson, Eric Dressler, and your narrator, Jackson Beck. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings and is written by Gene Holloway. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President Zachary Taylor. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. The preceding was transcribed. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.